Welcome to another episode of Search News You Can Use with me, Dr. Marie Haynes. This episode is being recorded on Thursday, January 10th, 2019. And uh, even though it's early in the year and usually we don't have a whole lot of search-related news at this time of year, we've got a lot of things to cover this week. So hopefully I'll be able to help you and give you a few tips to help improve your website. Um, I wanted to say a shout out this week to uh, John Mueller. Um, John mentioned that... uh, He's looking for SEO podcasts to listen to. And thank you to those of you who suggested our podcast to John. It's no secret that we're really, really big fans of John Mueller. Some of you may have seen that we, uh, I bought John Mueller socks for my team for Christmas. And um, apparently when I was on vacation last week, one of my team decided uh, that we should get an office cat. It didn't actually happen, but they were going to call him John Meowler. So anyways, thank you, John. I'm so glad that you're listening. And if you have any feedback for us, uh, you know, in how we can make this better and help people to just improve their websites, we'd love to hear more from you, John. Um, so let's get on to uh, the news. So first thing we'll talk about is algorithm updates. Barry Schwartz noted that there was a lot of chatter in SEO forums about a possible algorithm update on January 5th or 6th. Um, and if you look at the checkers, the algo checkers like the SEMrush sensor um, and uh, Moz, um, MozCast, things like that, you'll see that uh, there was a lot of turbulence in early January. With that said, I'm not convinced that this was any type of a significant update. Um, so when I do my algo checks, I look back at the hundreds of sites that we have analytics access to and uh, determine you know, is anybody seeing increases or decreases on a particular day uh, where we could attribute that to potentially an algorithm change? We had a bunch of clients that saw really nice increases in early January, um, but this is normal. Uh, and one of the things you need to check when you're looking to see if you've been hit by an algorithm update or potentially seen gains after a Google update is uh, to look at year over year traffic. Um, so when you're looking in analytics, you want to take a look uh, and compare things to the previous year. And what we found is that most of our clients that saw gains in early January, they always see gains in early January. Um, We have a lot of clients in medical niches, and so a lot of sites, you know, selling diet products and things like that, that's a that's a really big thing in early January. Um, and I also think that the SERPs probably change in January related to how people click and how people search. Uh, I had one client that contacted me and he has this theory that, uh, well, he noticed, so he has an e-commerce store uh, and every time about three to four weeks before Christmas starts, there is a, a real increase in Amazon appearing above his site. And I think what's happening is Google's looking at uh, users' search activity and they're saying, you know, when people in December or maybe late November search for this particular term, they're more likely to want to buy from a site like Amazon than to go for information to to a site like uh, my client's site. Um, And so I think a lot of what we're seeing as SERP changes is just Google recognizing that, hey, you know, the heavy buying season for a lot of sites is over now. Uh, And you might see that, uh, I, I actually, I'm I'm thinking of a few other clients that contacted us as well that said that, hey, things are up in January. Now, it's possible that there was an algorithm update, uh, but if there was, I think it was a mild quality update. With that said, um, there may be something that's happening right now as I'm recording this, uh, and so we'll update you more on that next week. 
in the newsletter, which you can reach at uh, mariehaines.com slash newsletter, uh, we did give some examples of some of our clients that saw really, really nice boosts that were more than uh, expected at this time of year. Um, one of these is a really cool story where, yes, we did work on some things like helping them improve their EAT, um, you know, how they were uh, seen as an authority in their space. But we think that most of their increase is because we worked really hard on changing URL structures. Um, um, working on what uh, I like to call a hub and spoke model, where uh, we made it very clear that they had certain hub pages that were uh, important for their main topics. And rather than just making those the default WordPress theme pages uh, that were just a list of their blog posts, we told them, you know, beef up this page, answer every question that somebody's going to have on this subject. And so when somebody searches for this main topic of theirs, uh, they're seeing a page that's not just a list of articles, but rather really, really good, helpful information on these pages. Uh, and this site normally sees a bit of a seasonal boost in January, uh, but they're up um, uh, probably about 200% from normal. So we're really pleased about that. Um, we'll keep an eye on whether there is something significant happening now. I honestly think that most of the changes that people are seeing in the search results are just related to the fact that people are searching in a different way um, than uh, a lot of people did just before the Christmas season. So uh, next, Google announced some new features for rich results um, for Google Webmasters. Apparently now, now I haven't checked this out, but there's um, we know that there's a rich results testing tool, and apparently you can now go in and see your source code and actually edit the source code to see um, what the results would look like after that. So if you do pay attention to your uh, rich snippets and want rich results, I'm talking about review stars and things like that in the search results, then you may want to check that out. Um, Gary Ish, uh, he hasn't tweeted in a while, but uh, it was good to see that he's uh, tweeting a bit again now. Um, he did tweet that if you are looking to have him attend one of your SEO meetups or some type of an event, he gave a link to a form uh, that you can do to, to request him to come to your event. So um, that's something to keep in mind if you are putting on any sort of SEO meetup or event. And I know it doesn't, I'm pretty sure it doesn't have to be like a massive SEO conference. If you run a small meetup, there's a good chance that you could get a Googler to come to those meetups. Um, you know, we've seen, uh, I've seen Gary. Gary's made some stops in at some of my clients' businesses just for their business. So we really appreciate uh, everything that... Um, you guys do at Google to uh, to help um, help us to do better. I know you know a lot of SEOs are not big fans of Google. Um, you know, and if your rankings are suffering, it's easy to understand why you may not be a big fan. But there are some employees at Google that work really hard to uh, to help us to um, uh, to improve because really it's in everybody's best interest, right? I mean, we want to get better websites, and Google wants to be able to show people better websites. So uh, it's all uh, it's all a good good thing. Somebody asked John Mueller an interesting question as to whether uh, URLs are going to go away. And I know this is a discussion I've seen some very, very smart people in SEO talk about. Um, the possibility that in the future we might not even have URLs. Google may just serve up everything that we need to know um, without having to go to a URL. John gave uh, John Mueller gave a you know very succinct response saying URLs are not going away. So that's a good thing to know for those of us who are reliant on our websites to to get business. It was interesting. Uh, there was an article in Search Engine Land about 
how Google is acquiring a company called Superpod. Um, and Superpod is what's called an answer engine. I don't know a lot about this company. Uh, the acquisition was for $60 million. And, um, but I thought this was an interesting thing to include in the newsletter because I think that this actually is a concern for some of us with uh, websites and relying on our websites for um, business traffic because uh, Google wants to make it so that they can answer as many questions as possible um, immediately for people. And it's not that Google is out to, you know, mess around with site owners, but rather uh, they want to be as helpful as possible. And so, um, you know, right now I think voice search is in such an early phase. There's so many things. Um, we have Google Homes. We have several Google Homes at our house and our children use them all the time to ask questions, you know, what's the weather or things like that. But all of the time we ask questions where Google just doesn't have the answer for us. Um, and it can be a little bit frustrating. And so I think SuperPod will help Google to be able to answer more questions, which in return could mean that we get less traffic to our websites. Um, if people can get their answers immediately upon asking a question from voice search, then there is less need to go to a, to a website. So we'll keep an eye on that for you and see. I, I would imagine it's going to be some time before we see if there's any impact um, you know, from this acquisition at all. Somebody asked John Mueller whether there is an impact on uh, having a whole bunch of internal links on your site. I get asked this a lot. Uh, can you get a penalty from overusing internal links? And in particular, uh, a lot of people ask me if you've overused anchor text on your site, uh, you know, would Google have issue with that? And John's answer was no, feel free to link naturally within your site. And in the newsletter, I linked to a video that Matt Cutts did several years ago. Um, you know, the video is a little bit dated now, but really it's very applicable. And what Matt said was, as long as you're not doing it in an ultra spammy way, you really don't need to worry about it. And what I think the example that he gave was if you had a footer with thousands of keyword anchors in it, just so you could get keyword anchored links to all of your pages and nobody would ever actually click on any of those links, Google could potentially have issue with that. Um, but really, that's pretty rare that somebody's going to do that. The example that I always give is to say, look at Wikipedia. Wikipedia, every time a, a word is mentioned uh, where they have an article on that word, they will link it with a keyword anchor to that particular page. And Wikipedia does pretty well in search. So uh, don't be afraid to link internally with keyword anchors. And then the question that always comes up is, well, what about external links? You know, should I be uh, getting keyword anchored external links? And I would say stop focusing so much on the anchor. Now, if somebody, let's say uh, a big authority in the SEO world wrote about um, my business and uh, linked with the words uh, SEO site audit, you know, because that's a driver of uh, business for us. Um, that would be fantastic. You know, if somebody linked to me with a, a keyword, I would be rejoicing about that. But if you're making your own links, so if you wrote a guest post for somebody and you're trying to get a link back to your site, that's not the place to start creating keyword anchors. If you're creating your own anchors in order to manipulate your rankings, then if you do enough of that, that's something that could potentially harm your ability to rank. Um, you could end up getting a manual action. Personally, I believe that there are algorithms that if you're really overdoing it, um, can cause your site to have uh, difficulty ranking for those terms if you've really, really been uh, working hard on manipulating Google rankings. 
the argument that people always give is, well, how would Google know if I made it or if somebody else did? And trust me, after, I mean, I've done hundreds of link audits and it's really easy to tell when somebody's been building their own keyword anchored links. So uh, don't stress over it. Um, if somebody links to you with a keyword anchor, that is really a good thing. And uh, as long as you're not doing it yourself, then uh, you really, really should be fine. Um, there was a good question on Reddit, again, where somebody asked John about handling uh, sites that are only AMP. And John said that's actually kind of a cool thing to have AMP-only sites. Um, the reply gets a little bit detailed, and I'm not going to go into all the details here on the podcast. Uh, but one of the things John said is to watch out if you have any JavaScript-based components uh, on your pages, because there can be some issues with those working properly. Uh, and so, um, But he said it's fine to have, if you want to build a site that's only an AMP, uh, and that means it loads super fast, and it's helpful for people, then that's totally okay to do that. Um, another, uh, there was a Google help forum thread, uh, which uh, again, you can find the link and actually the site that was mentioned in this thread about a site that's really not doing well in search. And John's advice was to actually take the site down and start over fresh with unique, compelling, and high quality content. So this is actually, um, a good thing for everybody to look at. If you look at this site, it's basically a list of different articles. There's no real theme to the site. It's just like they're trying to rank for everything under the sun. And in the past, you could take a website like this, and if you got enough links pointing to it, even links that you made yourself in the past, that website would work really well. Um, but one of the things that uh, John said was, make something awesome, don't just make a website. And this goes to stand for any business. Um, you know, if you're trying to produce a real estate website and there are thousands of realtors in your city, then it's not enough to just do the same as everybody else, have the same listings as everybody else, um, you know, have the same information that people could get on any different website. You have to really, really work hard to say, what else can I provide? Can I do guides to the city? Can I, um, you know, what questions are people having? Maybe people are moving to your city. A lot of people move from Germany. Well, then you create a guide on moving from Germany to your city. Um, and so the goal is if you can't make something that is significantly better than what already exists online, it's going to be challenging to actually rank for those things. Um, so it's hard because, you know, there's no black and white way to say, like, here's how I'm going to make the best website of its kind. Um, but uh, those of you who have been doing SEO for years know that, you know, in the past, again, we could take a mediocre website and make it rank well with links. But Google's getting so much better at determining which websites are truly helping people. And we're seeing that all the time. It's part of what we do in our site audits. Um, I know a lot of site audits will focus on uh, technical aspects for the most part. And we have a whole component of ours saying, you know, here's why we, so we'll look at the top three sites that rank for your main keyword. And we'll say, look, this site has this and this and this feature. And this site has things like they're way more helpful. And this site has all these guides and you don't have any of that stuff. So why would Google want to rank you better? Um, so that's the type of thing. And it takes a lot of work now to produce a really high quality website. But if you can do it, uh, you know, eventually Google recognizes that. It can take several months, uh, potentially even a year or more for Google to recognize quality quality changes like that, but we've seen really, really good results from those types of changes. This has come up before, but um, 
Somebody asked, is it okay to redirect all your 404 pages to your homepage? So for those of you who are new to SEO, 404 page means it's a page that uh, doesn't exist. So somebody mistyped the URL or it's a page you've taken down. And um, you know what some people would do is say, well, let's just redirect those to our homepage. And that way, if somebody has linked to this page, we still get the link equity or the page rank uh, through those links. And the reality is that Google recognizes recognizes that those are 404 pages. And what John Mueller said was that they just treat them as 404s anyways. Um, and so, you know, it's not like you're going to get a detriment to redirecting to the homepage. Um, but what John said was additional complexity for no good reason. You know, it's, it's just not a good thing to do. Um, so we would recommend uh, just having a really good 404 page. Um, and I would encourage you all to look at your 404 page right now and see what could you add to it to make it so that uh, it's even more helpful to people. Um, I believe on, uh, I haven't checked my own 404 page in a while, but I believe we have links to, uh, you know, uh, where you can contact us and links to our most important articles and things like that. So um, you really do want to keep the user in mind as opposed to where is your link uh, juice or your link equity coming from. Um, there's some information about the Google Manufacturer Center. I actually don't know a whole lot about this. I believe it's about Google Shopping. Uh, there are some new features. So if you are a user of Google Shopping, you probably want to check that out. Um, Let's see, somebody noted out and then Barry Schwartz retweeted this, uh, that in India, somebody noted on a featured snippet, there's a line that says, add a comment add a comment to the featured snippet. Um, I don't know if this is just a test of variation. Featured snippets usually have a feedback button. So if this is a good thing to know, actually, if you uh, are not able to get a featured snippet and the featured snippet that exists for this term that you're trying to rank for uh, really isn't good, you can click the feedback button and actually send some feedback to Google to say like, hey, this doesn't even match the query or something like that. Um, I don't know, you know, to what extent the Google team actually uh, reads that, but there's certainly no harm in doing it. I kind of think that this add a comment thing is another way to submit feedback. Although who knows? I mean, it's possible that Google's going to start showing user generated content in the search results. Uh, I doubt it though. We'll see though. Um, there's some new things for lyric searches. searches. Uh, if you're looking for the words to a certain song, you know, Google for a while now has been showing us the, the lyrics, um, which really is not good for sites that exist on uh, presenting lyrics to people. But, uh, but now they have other features. Um, Glenn Gabe pointed this out and he said, instead of just lyrics, uh, you now have multiple tabs for overview lyrics, listen to similar songs and other recordings. So, um, um, that's something to pay attention to. This is an interesting thing uh, that Cyrus Shepard pointed out to us. Uh, does Google use click-through rate as a ranking factor? So this has been debated all over the place. And uh, what Cyrus pointed out was a document that uh, he said was obtained via open records request from the FTC back in 2015. And I'm actually going to read this. Uh, so this is part of some type of a trial. I don't know exactly what the, uh, the trial was, but here's what it says. In addition, click data, the website links on which a user actually clicks, is important for evaluating the quality of a search results page. As Google's former chief of search quality uh, testified, 
Okay, so here's the uh, the actual test of, um, uh, testimony. The ranking itself is affected by the click data. If we discover that for a particular query, hypothetically, 80% of people click on result number two and only 10% click on result number one, after a while we figure out, well, probably result two is the one that people want. So we switch it. So that's interesting, right? I mean, we've known this. Um, I've said this before, but if you are looking for a really good book to read to understand uh, how Google got started and how they became better than any other search engine, I'd really recommend the book called In the Plex by Stephen Levy. And in that book, they talk about something called the short click versus the long click. And if people, if Google notices that when people click on your result in the search results and they end up spending a lot of time on your site, um, then you may rank better for those queries. Now, this has been tested many times. Um, I was at a MozCon a few years back where Rand Fishkin tested this and he had everybody pull out their phones and uh, we brought up a particular search result and he had everybody click on this one result and spend a bunch of time on the page and then within uh, a very short period of time that page was ranking way better uh, and then when that happened we were getting all of this I know I got a, a bunch of spam on Facebook of people advertising for hey you know we can do we have click through rate bots now that uh, we can improve your rankings by just clicking on your results. Um, and Google pretty quickly caught on to that. And so click through rate spam rarely works. Uh, I don't encourage you to go and try to manipulate this. But I do encourage you to find ways to get people to click on your result. And one of the ways to do this is to play around with your meta descriptions. So, um, you know, Google doesn't always use your meta description as the snippet um, under your search result, but quite often they do. And if you can look at where your competitors are, you know, and, and actually a really good way to do this is to do some user testing. Get a bunch of people into your office and say, look, do a search for this, whatever your main keyword is, and tell me, you know, not, I mean, they may know what your business is, but say, just reading those results, which one of those would you click on? Forgetting that, you know, what position they're in, uh, but based on what the snippet says, which one is more enticing to click on? And then you can learn things. You know, maybe people clicked on a result because it said there was a sale this week, or maybe people clicked on a result because it says, this is the most extensive guide that you will find on this subject. Um, and so often tweaking your meta description will make more people click and if that happens consistently, that I really do think can improve your ability to rank. Um, let's see, we're almost near the end here. Uh, John Cooper uh, tweeted that Ahrefs now has internal link data, which is really interesting. So I haven't had a chance to um, uh, look into this too much, but uh, I know John doesn't tweet a whole lot these days. And when he does tweet, it's usually a really, really helpful tip. Um, and congrats to John for winning our fantasy football league. I have to tell you, I drafted Le'Veon Bell, which was a really bad mistake. And next year, I'm going to do better. But I digress. The point here is that uh, you should really be paying attention to internal links on your site. Um, again, we've had clients where all we've done, I mean, we've, we always recommend a bunch of things for our clients. But we have one particular client where, uh, you know, our main recommendation was, look, you're not making good use of internal links at all. Um, and they greatly improved their internal linking and saw massive uh, jumps in, in rankings. So, uh, you know, I, w I definitely want to spend some time looking at this on Ahrefs. 
let's see what else we've got here. We've got, um, most of you probably know now we're starting to do complete transcripts and uh, our tips from Google Help Hangouts. And so uh, the latest one is up. I think John's doing another one this week. Uh, we've got some really good tips from the Help Hangouts. One of the things that I'll mention is, um, John mentioned that a mention on a website is not the same thing as a link. Uh, but Google can still see a mention. So that's important. And uh, I've mentioned this before, but I really think that mentions can count towards your EAT. So if Google recognizes that all of these big authoritative publications are talking about your business, even if they don't link to you, I think that that can help improve your EAT. And then you can see, uh, and for those of you who are new to this, EAT is expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness. It's written all over Google's quality raters guidelines. It's in there about 186 times. Um, and if you want more information on EAT, you can go to mariehaines.com slash eat. EAT, no hyphens. Um, and uh, we also did a webinar, uh, which you'll find a link to the webinar on that page. Uh, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be doing another EAT webinar. And we're going to focus on what the guidelines say about author EAT and how to improve your author EAT. So keep an eye out for that. Um, another thing that John mentioned in the help hangout is that Googlebot does not keep a cookie. So if you have pages that can only be accessed, uh, by people who have uh, a cookie that's stored on their computer, then Googlebot will not be able to see these pages. So that's important to know. You, you don't want to have, if something is really, really important to be indexed and to be found in search, you do not want it reliant on cookies. Um, and cookies are evil anyways, way too much sugar, right? I'm sure lots of people would not agree with me on that. Uh, and then the final thing from the help hangout is that uh, Google's working on um, improving the rendering gap. And what I mean by that is right now, if you have a page that has a ton of JavaScript on it, then when uh, Google crawls that page, they get the non-JavaScript content first, and then it takes them a period of time, like days or even longer, uh, to figure out what the JavaScript is. Uh, and then that content is um, added to the, the, the page as well, uh, or Google's assessment of the page. So um, that's great that Google is making that so that that gap is going to be smaller. Um, let's see what else we've got. I think we're going to do a little bit of local SEO news. Um, we know that Google Plus is shutting down. We talked about that before. Uh, there was a post from Google saying that on January 16th of this year, they're going to be closing the small business community. To be honest, I didn't even know that there was a small business community. I think this is a different thing than, um, you know, the regular Google My Business help forums. So, uh, and there's only like 8,000 members of this community. So if you're one of those members, it's going away. Um, something to, to know about. Again, Barry Schwartz tweeted an interesting thing um, in local search results where uh, Google is showing something. Uh, it says, okay, I think the, the query that they used was uh, restaurants. And um, the, re the results that were shown um, said this is a 99% match for you or a 94% match. And we believe that Google is using machine learning uh, to determine like if I, so my husband and I eat at a lot of Vietnamese restaurants. So if I was in another city and I was doing a search for restaurants, it's possible that Google may prioritize the Vietnamese restaurants. So um, it's hard to say how you would take advantage of that as a marketer. This is really another way that Google is trying to make it so 
that the search results are, you know, as useful as possible. Um, so I think, uh, you know, it's just something to be aware of for sure. There were some interesting posts about Google using Unicode um, or allowing Unicode in your uh, local panels. Apparently that's that that's fixed and so we won't worry about that anymore. Um, but if you were using that little hack uh, to make your business name kind of look weird with weird Unicode letters, it's probably not going to work anymore. Um, and you know, that's all we have for this week. So uh, I'm happy to be back from vacation. I... Uh, uh, my family and I spent uh, a week in Cancun and it was absolutely amazing. It's the first time that I've stepped away truly from work for an entire week and my team held the fort and uh, did a really good job. So last week's newsletter was um, uh, completely done by my team, uh, but this week you'll you'll notice that we're back to, to me having input on it as well. Um, if you're interested in uh, contacting us, you can reach us at help, H-E-L-P, at mariehaines.com. And, um, you know, as always, I'm on Twitter at Marie underscore Haynes. So I wish you the best of luck with your rankings this week, and hopefully we'll talk soon.